Now we are in the book of Mark. I know it feels like we've been there for a while and you'll be happy to note that we are in chapter two now. So praise God. It is, a, it is an amazing achievement to get out of a chapter one, especially with Mark being just so concise. Everything that he shares is just, you know, just grabs your heart. I want to share with you this morning out of one simple phrase, and then we'll go back. And we're going to, basically, I'm going to minister to you the whole chapter two or the rest of chapter two, as we've done that first portion already about uh, the lame man whose friends brought him. And remember, they lowered him through the roof and he got healed. And Jesus said, listen, you've got to understand that, that I'm not here just to heal people. I'm here to save sinners from their sin. I'm here to release people. I'm here to give life and freedom. Right? You remember that? If you don't, just two weeks ago, you can go get the sermon and just re-listen that. But I want to preach to you. I want to minister to you this morning out of one very short word, uh, verse in Mark chapter 2, and it's the last verse. So if you turn your Bibles there with me, if you don't have your Bible, don't worry, it'll be on the screen. Mark chapter 2 and verse 28. Chapter 2, verse 28 says this, So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, can you see there that it says so? Right? The reason why I'm starting there is that's the portion of this quotation that we remember. The Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath. But there's a reason he says so. Right? Now, here's the phrase. Verse 27. Verse 27, so then he said to him, uh, said to them that Sabbath was made for man. Read with me now, not man for the Sabbath. Some of you are already going, oh my goodness, he's going to preach on the Sabbath this morning. <laughs> now I'm going to minister to you out of the book of Mark, chapter 2. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So there's an order of things. So before we look at Mark chapter two, you've got to remember this order. First, priority, preeminent, the reason for is man. That's the purpose. That's the pursuit. I'm going to shock you a little bit this morning. It's not about the cross. It's about you. It's not about the cross. It's about you. The Sabbath was made for man. Everything God does, He does with you and me in mind. We quote scriptures. Like Philippians chapter 2, may the same mindset as was in Christ being us. That what? For the joy set before Him. And then we translate. Because He was looking at heaven. He then went through 
The agony of the cross. No, no, no. The joy set before Jesus was not heaven. He came from heaven. Hello? He left heaven for you. For me. He healed because of. He died for a purpose. And the purpose is not heaven. The pursuit has always been and will always be you and me. See, if we get this wrong, then we find ourselves in Mark chapter 2. That Jesus had to through a whole chapter over and over and over again in different ways, shapes and forms preach the same message because they were struggling to get it. So let me take you back two weeks. In the book of chapter two, Mark begins, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time there. Mark begins with this, with this wonderful uh, uh, um, opportunity. They, they, they're back in Capernaum. Uh, the house is full. Uh, the, the, this paralyzed man, he's got four friends. They've got to bring him to Jesus. They can't find a space to bring him. They go through the roof in the end. As I said, all the details are on the previous sermon. They lower him through the roof. And while they're doing that, here this man is coming through the roof. Jesus is seeing this man. He's seeing the four of them up there. He sees their faith. Jesus wants to bring a miracle. It says, and the miracle, and the the air was, was, was ripe with the, with the power of God to do miracles. It actually says it was ready for miracles to happen. And, and, and all of this is happening and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, as I already ministered to you, they were thinking, what, 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 what are you saying? What is this fellow saying? You know, saying your sins are forgiven. Why are you saying that? So they, they don't see them. They don't see him. They don't even worry too much about the rest of the people that's getting healed. And they're definitely not focusing on Jesus for reasons that we should focus on Jesus. They're just worried about, hey, we're right, you're wrong, you're doing this the wrong way, you're blaspheming. Basically saying, hey fellow, you're blaspheming. Right? That's where their hearts are at. Now this is where we're picking up this morning. After this, after this happens, after this, uh, people see this miracle People were amazed. They were praising God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. And then in verse 13, Jesus gets up and says, once again, he went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As we walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and he followed him. Jesus ministering. Jesus again, crowds following him, but he sees Levi. See, there's a purpose behind everything he does. And I'll show you scripturally that the purpose is always a person. It's always people. Jesus sees Levi amongst the crowds. So then Jesus says, follow me, and Levi follows him. The tax collector. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, verse 15, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, and many were, fo- they were um, for there were many that followed him. And when the teachers of the law, entering again, 
those that forget what he's here for. And when the teachers of the law, now please just follow, Jesus is preaching through the mouth of Peter being written down by John Mark. Is that what happened, Peter? So he's writing, and here we're reading it. And what is he teaching us? What is he saying? He's saying, listen, I'm, I'm seeing Levi. There's crowds around me. This tax collector, the rest, of the, the rest of the tax collectors go, hey, if Levi is allowed, we're allowed. Nobody likes us. This, this fellow likes us. He's eating with Levi. Everything's in sinners. People that are hated and marginalized, they come, they follow, and they're having a party. So Jesus is, is seated with him. Jesus is eating with him. But when the Pharisees, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why is he with sinners? These people are stealing our money. They're bad people. Why is he with them? Because they don't know that he's always pursuing exactly that. Jesus says, listen, a doctor is not there for those that are healed. A doctor is there for the sick. You see, because he was just teaching them the previous sermon that he taught, you remember the roof and all of those things? He was teaching them, listen, it's about sinners being saved. It's not about those thinking they have no sin, explaining to you how bad these sinners are. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's about us understanding that He loves us even if I am Levi, a tax collector, a sinner. Jesus says, no, 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 a doctor is there for those that are ill. That's why He's there. Listen to this. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've come to call, not to call the, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then immediately you see moving into the next sermon. See, now John's disciples and Pharisees, they were fasting. And some people came to ask Jesus, how is it that John's disciples, they fasting some, but you and your disciples are not fasting. What, what, what is this all about? If you are such a teacher, they are fasting. They are, they are doing very holy things. They are very righteous. They are doing things that align with, with people that are spiritual. So, but your disciples, we don't see them fasting at all. Jesus explains, no, 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 you, you, you don't get it yet. I'm, I'm preaching to you. He says, listen, you, you, you don't. You're not sad when the bridegroom is having his party with you. No, Jesus is actually explaining to him. He said, listen, when the bridegroom is with you. Now, let me explain to you. When they had a wedding, that wedding would last a week. Now, everybody would be very joyous, but then a few very close people would be invited as the wedding party to celebrate for that week right through with them. And even some of the laws were lessened so that they can celebrate and not be disallowed from doing anything that takes away from the joy while they're having their celebration. Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, you don't understand this yet, but I am with you. There will be a time for fasting, for crying, for suffering. But now, I am here. We are celebrating. They are celebrating. They are rejoicing. He's saying there will be a day when they will fast. Fasting is not wrong. He says, 
but you're getting things wrong. You think it's about fasting. Okay, some of you are missing this, so I'm going to say this again. It says, you're missing the sermon. You, you missed it at the house. You missed it with Levi. Let me say this again. It's not about fasting. Fasting does not a spiritually mature individual make. Hello? Fasting has a purpose. The cross has a reason. For the goal set before him. In that moment, in that time, Levi was his pursuit. His disciples was his ministry. And from the outside, they were saying, wait a minute, you, you can't be this happy. You, you can't act like this. You, you know? You know, we, we think, no, but we will never do that if we were Jesus. Yeah, that's why we, you know, we don't have a church face in a, and an outside face. I, I know it's not you. I'm just going to tell you. Some places, you know, when people come to church, it's like a, it's like a switch. Their back straighten out. Talk a little bit different. They look a little bit holier. But nothing on the inside is changing. It's just the same. You. Yes? See, Jesus is saying, listen, you've got to get this. See, let me say this again. It's not about fasting. It's about the reason for the fasting. We fast to consecrate ourselves to Him. Jesus is saying, I'm right here. What do you want them to, to fast for? You want them to fast to say, Lord, please speak to us. He said, no, I'm here. Let's speak. I'm sorry if this is a little bit too familiar dealing with Scripture. But, but that's the way. They were having a festival. Jesus is saying, there will be a time, but it's not now. And then he explains it. He says, listen, let, let, let me explain it to you this way. No one sews or sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making it tear worse. Now, let me explain to you. I, I know nowadays we don't know this, but, but a lot of you know that, that in yonder years, if you buy something, you've got to buy it a little bit bigger <laughs> and wash it before you wear it. Come on. Those of you that know that that was the way it worked, just, just raise your hand a little bit. Yeah, so, so clothes would shrink a little bit. If you, if you buy it like today, you know, buy it regular fit, you wash it, then it's going to go to your children or to somebody else because <laughs> it's not going to fit because it's got to shrink, right? Now, Jesus is saying you don't patch an old piece of cloth or a sail or whatever, you don't patch that with new garment. You know why? Because if the hole is this big and you put a new piece of cloth there and then it gets wet and it gets dry again, guess what happens? It then just shrinks because it still needs to adjust to its environment, to the environment. And the moment that happens, it actually tears everything around it to shreds because the old garment cannot accommodate all that shrinking. Because it already shrunk. 
He says, let me explain it to you this way. He says, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. Because in that time, they would take a wineskin, put new wine into new wineskins with leather that was just a little bit tanned, and then the wine is in there because new wine still has a lot of fermentation, a lot of juice, a lot of movement, a lot of power there. And there's got to be some give. It's got to be some give. Jesus says, okay, wait a minute. You guys are still talking as if we're busy with the old wine. This is not old wine. We're not just talking about fasting. We're not just talking. We're talking about the forgiveness of sins. We're talking about the Son of Man. We're talking about God having relationship with His people. We're not just talking about God being, that you come once a year to serve God. We're talking about us, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming to you, making a home inside of you. You better make sure that the leather, that the bag is good and new because there's a lot of authority. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of movement with this new wine. You can't just hold on to the old. Now you might sit here and say, Peter, there is, I've got a lot of new stuff. I know, I understand that Jesus came to save our sins, but you know what? Yesterday's manner is yesterday's manner. We've got to be open to today's manner. You've got to be open to what God is doing now. Jesus is literally saying to them, listen, you, you, you're like a new piece of cloth that is messing up more than you are doing good. You might look good, but you are shrinking and tearing everything around you to shreds. That's what Jesus is saying to them. Am I reading it wrong or is that what's happening? He's also saying you can't be like an like a old bag that have already moved. Now there's no movement. You've got to be a new bag. You've got to, you've got to change. There's something new happening and you've got to be ready. And Jesus is saying, it's happening in your midst. Aren't you getting the message? Because in the end, they are missing. What are they missing? They are missing that, that the people, the crowd were amazed, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law, they were sour and angry because we're right, you're wrong. Oh yeah, we, 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 we don't really focus on the man that was lame and is now walking. Because we forget that there's always a purpose. And the purpose is always God's people. And now Jesus is ramping up the message. Man, I just love the way he sets them up. <laughs> so they were talking about, you know, forgiveness of sins and, and all of these things and why you're not fasting and so on. And now it's on the Sabbath, right? And you remember what happened on the previous Sabbath. Now, now they're in the Sabbath. And uh, his disciples are walking and they're picking grain. And the teachers of the law come to Jesus and they said this. The Pharisees said to him, verse 24, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Why are they not keeping the law on the Sabbath? So they are quoting the law, unbeknownst to them, to the one who gave the law. On the other side, they make a hero out of David. Of course, because David was this wonderful king. And then Jesus, while they're talking about the law, quoting the law to him, Jesus says, okay, he says, have you ever, never heard 
verse 25, that David did, what David did and, uh, um, when he and his companions were hungry and in need. In the days of Abiata the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. So Jesus said, you, you want to quote, talk about the law? Did you read what David did? Isn't it interesting that there was no comment from them after that? No comment. He didn't try to explain it because it happened. So it wasn't for them that the law was really being shifted this way and that way because David did it, no problem. The problem is we're not seeing what the pursuit is. They don't see the disciples. They don't see Jesus. They don't see the bridegroom readying his bride. They don't see the Savior of the world walking amongst them, Emmanuel, God with us. They don't see him. They see the law. And I know we're not like that. I mean, we always know that it's about the people and God. I mean, we never go, we, we would never have arguments about theological matters and then give up relationship for that. That will be absolutely absurd. So, so that's why we don't do that. That's why we don't go about just teaching everybody how much I know about when he's coming again. That's why we don't go throughout the church and start argument after argument after argument about things that he says is as high above your understanding as the heavens are above the earth. I'm actually preaching this in the wrong audience, I know, but, but that's why we don't do that. That's why we always remind ourselves I might be wrong. I might be right. But the cross has a reason. Jesus' eyes is on this person in front of me and I might win the argument, but lose Levi. Then Jesus said these words. And I'll read it again. Then he said, verse 27, then he said to them, the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. You might say, Piet, we understand you're preaching to us. We're in the church on Sunday. Jesus is saying a lot more than that. Jesus is saying, when I tell you, don't be jealous. I'm saying that to you because I'm concerned how the people that you are jealous about might feel when you're jealous. When Jesus is saying, don't steal, he's not saying that to hedge you in. He's saying that because his eyes are on the person who you are stealing from. When God is saying, honor your father and your mother, he's not saying that so that you will have no fun as a child. He's saying that to save you and them from having a life filled with hurt 
and struggle. He's saving you from you. You are the pursuit. When he says, be careful. When he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and everything within you, he's thinking of you. And he's thinking of the one receiving that love. When he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself, he's thinking of them and he's thinking of you. Oh, how we love to preach about the wonderful theological things, the the fruit of the Spirit. You know, Peter, I received a new revelation about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, those nine fruits actually refers to nine very distinctive things in the Old Testament. And if you link these things and add them up and subtract two from there, you won't believe what you get. You're right, I won't believe it. But, but that's, that's another sermon. We forget that it's always about his pursuit. And his pursuit is always man, not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. You say, Peter, but you're not finishing the fruit thing. Just hold on. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Why? Because of you. Wives, wouldn't it be wonderful? Isn't it wonderful if your husband gets that? God was thinking of you when he said the fruit of the Spirit is love. Peace. Patience. Loving kindness. Oh, and then we, then we break it open. We want to reveal to you what it means. Patience. No, patience means patience. You don't have to go and study it. That's what you do. Because the Spirit of God ministers to you to be patient to those around you. Love doesn't keep record of the wrongs. It's not about the definition of love. It's about God's heart heart for people. Hello? Say, Piet, you're making a little bit too much out of it. Okay, let me then read on. And we'll finish the scripture. You know that we put in the, the chapters, right? Not we, I, but people. It's just a letter. So it actually goes on into chapter three. So you're ready? To, let's, let's land this and see if that is really what he's saying. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. (laughs) He was there on the Sabbath and there's a man with a shriveled hand and some of them was watching closely. Is he, Jesus is gonna move again. No, 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 we're watching closely because this is a Sabbath. We just wanna see if you heal him, you're disobeying the law. What do they see? They see Moses, they see the law, they see their history, they see prophecies about the Messiah, but they don't see the Messiah's pursuit. Let me show you. Let me show you. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of 
everyone. John, I'm going to use you just to prove a point. But no, let's use Vika. Vika, you're just as tall as your dad. Come on. Sorry, my son. So Jesus said to him, just turn around and face the people. Jesus said to him, stand in front of everyone. So what does that do? Can you all see him? That's why I didn't ask myself. You all see him? Right? So that's what Jesus did. It's as simple as that. Jesus said, okay, put you in front of everybody so that all of them can see you. Thanks. It's a very simple point, but that's the point I wanted to make. So now they're all looking at him. So the man with the shriveled end is standing on the Sabbath in their midst. And they were looking for what? They were looking to see if he was going to heal him on the Sabbath. But you see, that man was standing there. And the thing they missed was the very thing that filled Jesus' full scope. They missed the man with a shriveled hand. That's what they missed. They thought they got it. They thought they have everything, but they missed him. Jesus was there ministering to everybody, but he saw him. He said, they, they knew Jesus' reaction. Jesus said, okay, you stand in front of everybody. And then he asked them, what is permissible to do on a Sabbath? What is a Sabbath? A Sabbath is a day that we consecrate to God. To do godly things. To surrender and submit ourselves to Him. To celebrate our freedom in Him. Jesus asked them, what is permissible to do? Good or bad on the Sabbath? Guess what they said. I'm going to read it. You won't believe this. After four sermons. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do? Good or evil? And then he explains, to save a life or to kill? But they, you can read, but they what? Remained silent. Now at this point, you might differ with me, but at this point, it was not that they, they it's, it's not that they didn't get the message. They didn't like the message. They got the message, but they didn't like the message. Jesus was saying, all your laws and all the rules that I gave you has a purpose, has a plan, has a goal. What I'm doing here, there's a song that says he didn't want heaven without us. It's not that he wants to go to heaven. He's saying, I'm going, I'm preparing a place for you. It's always about Him being with us. It's always about us being with Him, about Him making His dwelling within us and saying to this man, saying to them, what should I do? Good or bad on the Sabbath? And they remained silent because now they got the message, but they didn't like the message. And Jesus knew if He did anything now, He was in trouble. So guess what He did? <laughs> he healed him. You know why? I think the conversation between the two of them went something like this. 
you know, Vicks, it's your turn again there. <laughs> I think just, maybe just with the eyes, maybe it was soft. So, but I think the conversation went something like this. It's, can you, can you see, not, they don't want to say anything. It is here. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting the message, but they don't like the message. Yeah. They get it later on. Now, if I heal you now, I'm open to persecution. But don't worry. Because you are the reason I'm here. Yeah, great, sure. See, that's the thing. This is where we back off. Great. This is where we say, my brother, I would love to give you what you need. But all of these people, religious and unreligious alike, they won't stand for it. Jesus is going, but, but just so you know, I'm here for you. And he healed the man. Because Sabbath, the Sabbath, was made for man. Now, while we're standing here, let me, and we did not preach on the Sabbath, yes? You got the message. The message is not a Sabbath message. But let me just remind you of this. Jesus, and the presence of God in you, is your rest. It's not a time, it's not a day, it's a person. And Jesus is saying, I'm doing what I'm doing because of you. Great. Thanks, Vika. Let me be clear about this. This is not an easy message to get. Otherwise, the best preacher that ever existed would not have to deliver it four times right at the beginning of his ministry. But make no mistake, you go read the rest of Mark and we'll dig through it. It's also not the last time he did. So may I encourage each and every one of us, those guys must be having a headache with the camera, sorry Dean. (laughs) My apologies to all those watching online. Let me remind you of this. No matter how often you and I get it or not, he will not change the reason he came. It's always going to be you. It's always going to be me. Please never allow your understanding of the law to dictate to you your worth. Your worth is the evidence of the presence of the King, of the Almighty, showing you that even on the Sabbath, even if they agree or not, I see you. You might not have a shriveled hand this morning, but whatever it is that you have hidden, Whatever it is that you are struggling with, I want to remind you 
that you are his pursuit. And when you look at the cross, when we go into this Christmas season, just remember, we always say, oh, please don't, don't be angry at me for this. We always say he is the reason for the season, yes? You sure about that? For God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that, which points to the reason, everyone, whomsoever, believes will have eternal life. As we go into Christmas, hear me say these words loud and clear. You are the reason for this season. Say it again. You are the reason for this season. Jesus didn't just do what he did because he wanted to do it. He did it because of his love for you. So whenever you drive by beautiful sparkly lights and the Christmas trees and nativity scenes, would you be a little bit not funny, what's the word? little bit crazy with me. I want you to do an exercise. Every time you see anything that reminds you of Christmas in any shop, just while you're walking, put your hand on your heart and just remind yourself, I am the reason. I'm the reason. You are the reason. He did what he did. And he's going to keep reminding you, sometimes through a vertically challenged pastor standing, preaching it to you, sometimes through some Christmas decorations, sometimes through the Word, sometimes through the Spirit just reminding you, hey, I love you. I love you. The Sabbath was made for you. Not you for the Sabbath. The law exists. Every instruction from Him exists because of you. Let's pray. Father, I am overwhelmed just to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you that everything and Everything you did, Lord, was for a reason. I pray that you would help me, Lord, to get this. I pray that you would help me to see that in me. I pray for my brothers and sisters that all of us will see that in us. But also I pray, Lord, that you would give us the godly insight to see others. The shriveled hands and the lame ones, the Levi's, the tax collectors. To see them the way you see them. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us not to be new cloths or old skins. But that we would be ready to hold the new that you do day by day. 
ready to bestow that and to give that to all those who love so much around us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.